Hi, everyone. This is the Bad Girl's Guide to Love with Dr. Ayo. I'm your host, Dr. Ayo Gathing. I'm a board-certified psychiatrist, best-selling author, and a health and relationship expert. I am here to liberate you from your boring-ass love life. Lose the good girl and unleash your inner bad girl to finally find love and get the relationship you deserve. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Bad Girl's Guide to Love. I'm your host, Dr. Io. So we are right now in uncharted waters. We've entered into undiscovered territory. And yes, I'm going to give you some statistics. According to the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics, of labor statistics almost 40% of U.S. working wives out-earn their husbands. Yes, I said it, 40%. And yes, this is just the U.S., so that's where I live. That's where I'm talking about. If you don't live here, you need to look up your statistics. But this is such a drastic change from the not-too-distant past where men were the primary breadwinners in most homes. If women did work and most didn't, they rarely earned a living wage. And so now, fast forward to the present, where women are shattering glass ceilings and represented in countless areas that were once restricted. And not only that, women are entering undergraduate and postgraduate schools at higher rates, so are now emerging as the more educated group, which basically means this trend is going nowhere. So this isn't some phase or something that's just going on right now. So the dating pool has shifted with men suitors not keeping up with the growing achievements for the objects of their affection. So what does this mean? I'm glad, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> I heard you. I heard you. It means that as a successful woman in a relationship at this particular juncture, the likelihood of you out earning your partner is very high, but you are not alone. Many women have responded by dating or marrying someone with a lower wage and less earning potential. I mean, they see the benefits in their mate outside of building wealth, such as, you know, having a companion or, or a positive role model for their children and just being with someone with similar interests or values. But this shift in the financial pendulum, however, has brought some complications in the dynamics of relationships, even when other compatibilities align. So, if the woman is now the higher wage earner in the household, what does that mean for the undertakings that were traditionally considered the female's role? Does the male then take on those duties? And if so, how do you prevent power struggles in these areas? And that is, you know, some of the things that we will discuss today. But I, I assure you, you can navigate out earning your partner. Let me just tell you a little bit about me. So as an aspiring doctor and even a doctor in training, so for those of you that know, you have to go to a lot of school before you're actually a doctor. So you have to go to college and then medical school and then um, a period called residency training. And yes, if you watch Grey's Anatomy or any of the TV shows, you probably know about residency training. But what they don't tell you is they pay you like a fraction of a salary while you're in that training. So I was used to being broke, you know. So if I met a man that could take care of himself and afford to buy me a meal at the same time, I mean, that was amazing, you know, back in those days. And if he could afford even more than that, 
it was a bonus. Okay. This was like a gem. And I was living and dating in the moment. That's where I was at at the time. So once I moved forward in my career, my training, and I became a full-fledged board-certified physician, I didn't really anticipate some of the discrepancies that I would come across while dating or even kind of rethink about, you know, some of the things I had encountered in the past. You know, I came across numerous men that could have, couldn't afford, you know, my favorite restaurants or activities or could not fathom going on, you know, these couples trips I had imagined, you know, I was planning in my head, but they were men that I genuinely enjoyed being around and, and some of them treated me like a queen. I had never been like the gold digger type or even one that needed to be spoiled, but I do, you know, like not having nice things. And I like, you know, being able to provide for myself and do the things that I like to do and have the things I like to have. Um, So moving forward, I had to think about what my future would look like and how I wanted it to be. So I had to ask myself, could I be with someone, like seriously be with someone that did not make the type of money I did? And it was not something I could answer right away. You know, I, you know, you become a doctor, you know, you start getting paid, you have more hours. I mean, just your whole life shifts. And I had to have the experiences to get to know the men I was dating as people and not just as a bank account figure. You know, it wasn't like, okay, you check that box, everything else works out. And sometimes there were things that, you know, totally didn't work out. It was independent of money or careers or, or any types of ambitions, you know, and then you had some of the men who were jealous or resentful of my position or my success and not even just because of money, because of, you know, the number of hours I worked or how much I was away or, you know, being on call. I mean, there's a million different things that come up that can be resentful other than just, you know, the money. And a few were milking it for all it was worth, right? Like, oh, she'll pay, she'll pay for this, she'll pay for this, you know, and they felt like it was a come up. And still others were extremely supportive. So it wasn't just a one-stop shop, even for the men that didn't have as much or didn't make as much as I did. So it wasn't really a black or white thing. All these men were not created equal. And I had to learn that the issue on the table was not just dollars and cents. And that was you know, the most surprising part to me. And as someone interested in science and behavior, you know, I don't know why it didn't, you know, come across to me as a person while I was dating. I I knew it as a professional. And when I did counseling with other people and did therapy with other people, but I, I didn't know how that translated into my life, you know, because really it was a, more about gender roles and relationship expectations and culture than even really just about money. So many principles and ideals are wrapped up in what looks like it's about finances, but it's really about a lot more than that. But at the end of the day, I have had amazing relationships with men that made equal or way less money than I did. But I had to work through some of that things and and some of the things, you know, that I was expecting or some of the things I was confused about or, or really didn't know what I felt. And communication, I know this sounds lame, but communication really, really, really played a huge part in really, you know, getting to know the person you're with and being comfortable having certain discussions. So you can out you can navigate out earning your partner. And I'm gonna give you some tips on how to make this work. Okay. So you got to stick. Yep. You were just about to click off, but nope, 
I'm about to give you some tips. I'm about to help you figure this out. So my first tip is that you have to identify long-standing beliefs on financial gender roles. So, you know, financial gender roles are, you know, very common for you to have just subconsciously. So not something someone taught you or told you or not something you learned. It's just things that you picked up depending on how you grew up and who you were around and what, you know, you experienced. And it's very common for someone to have never defined their beliefs really out loud or or to themselves on gender roles upon entering a relationship. I mean, we learn pink is for girls and blue is for boys really early on, but the rest you just kind of pick up from your upbringing and societal messages. So the first step in navigating a relationship where you as a female out earns the male that you're with is to identify your personal beliefs surrounding this situation. Do you feel like the woman should be financially taken care of all the time, no matter how much you all make? Or do you think that the man, you know, that earns less is is a weak partner or he's not as strong and he's kind of beta? Or do you feel that either sex can be the breadwinner? You know, so the first step is that you really have to be introspective and be honest and identify what you believe. Because if you don't, you will have issues moving forward, you know, because you won't have, you know, that basis and foundation of communication. All right. The next tip is to reevaluate your ideals regarding gender roles in general. So after you identify what you believe, then you have to evaluate your ability to step outside your comfort zone. So you may be dating an amazing man, but you're reluctant to progress the relationship due to his finances. Is this because you're worried about what other people will think? Or maybe you never pictured yourself as a breadwinner, so you wouldn't even know how that looked. But just because things look a little different than you imagined, or maybe a lot different, depending on the situation, it doesn't mean that it's a dead end. It's time to examine your ideas and your ideals and see where you stand. Your priorities may look a lot different than you think, you know, once you start weighing out the pros and cons um, of the situation. There are so many benefits and also, you know, things that you might be letting go of um, when you're looking at who is the breadwinner. So you have to figure out what works best for you and what you are willing to um, work with and negotiate because that happens before you even have talks with the person you're with. You have to know what you're willing to compromise, what you're willing to accept, what you're willing to embrace. Okay. All right. So the next tip is the delegation um, discussion about delegation of domestic duties. And this includes child rearing tasks. So domestic tasks, you know, are often a source of contention in relationships. And this is no matter how much money anyone has. And it could be a larger issue when the female is the breadwinner. So as the primary earner, a woman often resents when she's relegated to the traditionally female domestic tasks. Um, studies, you know, I'm going to bring up the studies again. I'm, I'm a scientist at heart, but studies confirm that in two career couples, men and women spend equal amounts of time working, but when the woman, but the women still spend more time on housework, but don't let this get you down. Recent studies show that men are 
more open to participating in those daily chores and child rearing tasks than ever before. Yay for you millennials. I think you guys are skewing these numbers a little bit. Um, the days of men basically being hunters and gatherers and while women are barefoot and pregnant, I mean, that's coming to an end. So ladies, instead of assuming responsibility for a domestic task and child rearing, sit down with your mate and assess his willingness to pitch in, his willingness to take on some of these tasks you may not have known that he doesn't mind vacuuming the house or doing the dishes and would maybe actually love picking the kiddos up from school. Or maybe he's, you know, the person in the family that scrubs the baseboards or, you know, you never, or maybe he's an amazing baker. You know, I have a friend who her husband cooks all the meals because he's just a better cook and actually enjoys it. And she's never really been big on cooking. So that's something that they discuss and they're fine with. So you have to delegate tasks between partners and work together as a team. And that often lessens the intensity of those power struggles that arise when these duties aren't really defined or discussed and everyone's just making assumptions about who should do what and when. So you really have to discuss these things and, and delegate them and make them someone's responsibility based on what works for both parties. And sometimes no one's going to want a duty, right? No one's going to want that 4 a.m. feeding or no one's going to want certain things, but you have to work together to figure out how this can work best. Lastly, you have to discuss expectations surrounding financial responsibilities. So another area where open discussion, you know, prevents issues is in determining the financial responsibilities of each partner. Whether it's earlier on in dating or when you're just living together or marriage, there's so many financial scenarios that may require communication. Who's going to pick up the tab when you're going out to eat? Who will be responsible for the bulk of the bills? I know it's not the most comfortable topic to talk about. I mean, many couples don't even know their debts, you know, when they go into a marriage, you know, when they get engaged, things like that. But these are things that break up relationships later on or cause dynamic issues or, or power struggles. So you really have to do more discussions about this earlier and earlier on and just get more comfortable talking about it. And it's just necessary, especially when there's a difference in finances. But some women feel like no matter how much they earn, their man has to pay for dates. And that may be fine if your partner agrees, but you'll never know if you don't chat about these topics. Maybe he, you know, makes less than you, but he still wants to take on those traditional male gender roles and, and that works for both of you. So really, I think the point of this is that you have to be more open to talking about money and, and coming to the table with discussions and thoughts and expectations surrounding money. So let me recap for you, summarize these tips. So you have to identify your beliefs on financial gender roles what you are expecting your man to do, what you think men should do, just all of those things you've been subconsciously loading in your head over time. Number two, you reevaluate your ideals regarding these roles. So can you step outside the box? Do you want to step outside the box? Are these things that you learn that you really don't appreciate and you want to, you know, change things up? 
then delegate domestic duties. So don't assume that just because someone's a woman or a man that they will automatically shift and jump into, you know, gender role gear. Some people like doing tasks that is traditionally thought of as being done by the opposite sex. So sit down and discuss those things and and delegate and, and share those responsibilities as a team. And lastly, discuss your expectations surrounding finances and who's responsible for what. I cannot impress upon you enough that you have to get more comfortable talking about money and finances. It is imperative for a successful relationship, especially a marriage, that you're comfortable talking about finances. There are going to be so many decisions that you have to make and money can be the source of many of them, especially once you move down the line. You're buying homes, you're buying cars, you're having children, you're looking at schools. I mean, so many things. So the earlier you start in your relationship, the more comfortable you'll be down the line. So that is how you navigate out-earning your partner. So when you out-earn your partner, it's important that you don't make any assumptions. Open discussion regarding all of this stuff proves fruitful. And in all the studies, that's what helps your relationship work. What's important is that you're honest with yourself and your partner regarding what you can both tolerate within the relationship. So sit down with your date, your partner, your husband or wife, and discuss these matters up front so you can get back to the business of enjoying your relationship. That's been this week's episode. Don't forget to subscribe and review. Give me a great review. Tell me what you think. If you really don't enjoy it, you could tell me that too or want to see something different. And until next time, be bad. That's this week's episode of Bad Girl's Guide to Love with Dr. Ayo. Thanks for listening. If you have enjoyed this podcast, I'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and give me a review on iTunes. For more material and content, you can find me under IOGathingMD on Instagram and Twitter, or head over to my website, www.iogathingmd.com. Don't forget to join me next week for another episode. Until then, be bad.